Welcome to a very special episode of Code Grays, a weekly recap show of classic Grays Anatomy. I'm Teresa Rosado, and I'm joined by Patrice Anthony and Megan Totsky for the final episode of season two, Losing My Religion. Losing my religion. Oh my God. Oh my God. As Patrice so rightly pointed out. <laughs> It took Code Gray is like almost three years to get to this episode. <laughs> three years. No, I think literally three years. <laughs> literally, actually three years. Oh my god! So <laughs> that's Here commitment. We are. This is a journey. It's, finally it's time. so good, you guys. It's yeah. been much anticipated. Yeah, yeah. I know. I, as a avid Grace listener. <laughs> So excited for this day. <laughs> we were, I mean, the giddiness going into this episode was pretty off the charts. I mean, we've been like pretty fucking stoked for this episode for a while. Because we're two, ready for some death. Episode 27. The original air date was May 15th, 2006. It was wow. written by Shonda Rhimes. Shonda Rhimes. And boy, wow, can you tell it yeah. was written yeah. by yeah. Shonda Rhimes. Shonda, tell. break my fucking heart, oh my Rhimes. God. She really out. This bitch wrote the shit out of this episode. (laughs) This is a Shonda episode. Like, truly. Yeah. It's something. It's something. It was directed by Mark Tinker. And and who gives a fuck about him? Really well. Actually, I give a fuck about him (laughs) because he directed this episode beautifully. These performances are bomb. I love the way that certain scenes Mm. were staged. Mm -hmm. Um... It's like visually, oh gosh, oh gosh, it just made my little heart like flutter watching some of these scenes. I was like, yes, yes, give me those sexy cuts. <laughs> okay. Sex cuts, sex cuts. I also like that yours says, strap the fuck in. You're no <laughs> Get the strap. <laughs> wrong, wrong reference. <laughs> All right, let's put on our okay. collective we are like so we're not pretty... thrown from this emotional car. <laughs> oh, I definitely was thinking about a different strap. But yes. I'm aware. We'll put on our seatbelts. Sure, sure, sure. We don't need to use that kind of strap because we're not going to fuck the episode. <laughs> I felt pretty strongly about it the time I was done. <laughs> the episode fucks us. Listen, that's what's happening. That's true. The episode got the strap. <laughs> You guys, that collective we energy on this, this call right no, now is no, like no. it's like frenetic. Like this is some frenetic fucking energy. We are and I literally think everybody... channeling Izzy from the last episode. <gasps> oh my god, that's right. That's right. We just want this episode to mirror that crazy bitch. Just some manic fucking shit. We don't know where we're going, but this shit's off the rails. <laughs> oh my god, incredible. <laughs> Okay, we're gonna try. We're gonna we're gonna try to keep it together for this episode. Patrice is gonna hit us up with the uh, rounds for this week. Yep, yep. Which are pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um, for <laughs> not an gonna episode, need extra time. <laughs> not gonna need extra time oh, this yeah, time. time. I believe in you. We all believe in you. Thank you, um, Megan. You're timing. I'm timing. Are you, are you ready? Uh, Three. Sh- yep. Mm-hmm. Two. One. Go. Okay, so we dive right in in this episode opening with Burke. He is awake during surgery. Things are still happening. They're trying to fix what's happening with his nerve damage from him getting shot. Denny has had his... Oh, 
Denny is getting his heart worked on, or maybe it's already done. Um, but like the time is nigh, bitch. Some shit's about to go down. And then we still have Camille <laughs> Travis, aka Tessa Thompson, being cute. Nothing's really happening with her medically. She's just a teen girl at a prom. Married the Dirk, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> no! They're not patients! <laughs> Don't scream it out! Stop diagnosis sex! <laughs> they fuck in a patient room, okay. as Megan pointed out in her notes. Not Derek, in a supply closet, so that counts for also, rounds. Denny Derek, dies, which Derek, Derek gives Meredith some much-needed medicine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't trying to like open with the Denny dies. Also, I said dog. the time is nigh. What about dogs? Yes, also, a, a dog died. <laughs> All dogs. Not just heaven. any dog. A metaphor dog. The yes. strongest kind of dog. Yeah. But we all know that their love went to heaven and reincarnated in the form of Derek's penis injuring Meredith's vagina. <laughs> wow, that metaphor, that metaphor got the strap. Oh. <laughs> I did not see that no. in the notes. <laughs> no, this is an original idea. Off the cuff. I feel like we just got like a little peek at yeah. Teresa's fanfic yes. dialogue. Yes. You know, like that's what's yeah. happening in like the deep dives of her. Can't Google wait drive. to it's find her very deviant spiritual fucking. I used to have a deviant oh, I account. I believe I that. I wrote really, really bad poetry. I have zero doubts about that at all. Yeah, I feel oh, that. Fuck. <laughs> So All this right. episode just drops us right in. It's like, it's disorienting. It was is. this it's a double episode originally? It was. It was a double okay. episode originally. Oh, okay. That yeah. makes more sense. Sure. All right. Sure. That makes me feel more calm about the, like, approach. Because we, I mean, this scene opens and, like, Burke is in awake surgery. Yeah. Yep. And Derek's right? coaching him through, saying, like, you can do it. Yeah. 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 And uh, Yang, so Yang in the previous episode wasn't able to calm Burke down because the entire situation mm-hmm. was obviously super triggering for her and she never should have been put in that position. Um, and mm-hmm. so at the start of this episode, Burke is finally calming down and he makes uh, sort of lingering eye contact with Yang and Yang leaves, <laughs> which is something she will do throughout this episode, yeah. sort of. With no real explanation. She They're will continuing just, like, that fight or flight. Yeah, she'll just like watch him for yes. a while and then walk away. <laughs> Honestly, that like that thing that we talked about so much last week about the fight, flight, freeze, fall response, like it actually is clicking a little bit more for me now that I know it's a double mm. episode because we pull on that thread so many times throughout this throughout this episode. Yeah. Um, and I really, in my head, because the podcast was really separating them as two, but like the moment when Izzy has a flight response, Christina has a flight response, like, you know, I, I think it's just like Derek has sort of a fight response with like, you know, all of, I don't know. I just think it's like kind of an interesting, you know, I'm seeing it a little bit more clearly now, um, that it's sort of, that they're, that they're sort of linked with each other. Yeah. That they're keeping um, that thread. That so much. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say in, um... Yeah, I, we had very few notes sort of on Burke and Christina, so like maybe we can just talk about them first yeah, just to really get quick. them out of the way. I was left cold by this storyline because, and, and Megan, you're totally right, it, it makes more sense with the context that this was a double episode, but I still, it just didn't feel realistic to me that Yang would have just 
bailed in so many situations yeah. with Burke. Like, I get that she's not yeah. the most emotional per- person ever, although we see that that's not true at all um, by the end of this episode. It still just didn't feel in character. Yeah. I, I think I think yeah. the place yeah. where we sort of, like, realize what her thought pattern is is when they're doing the um, interrogation with the chief. And she's realizing that... <clears throat> she's maybe more emotionally invested in Burke than maybe she thought she had been because she hasn't been able Mm -hmm. to, you know, have the answers, which like, I'm sure we'll talk about later. Her monologue about having answers is like, she's not able to be cold and calculating with him. And so I think that maybe she's running away from her emotions because she's used to being sort of cut off and closed and robotic. And Teresa, I feel like this is something that you and I can relate to very strongly. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And so she's never heard that in my life. (laughs) And so she's just like, maybe not wanting to even enter the room or talk to him because she's going to be confronted with her own emotions. Yeah. And it was, it was really hard for me to watch these scenes before she talks about kind of how she's feeling and even afterwards because it just comes off as really cold but I think that Christina is an internal processor Mm. much like myself Mm. and so she's just Mm. trying to figure out her shit Mm -hmm. yeah and she can't talk to Burke yet Mm -hmm. about it because she doesn't know what she's feeling she just realizes that she's losing her edge yeah that's yeah the internal processor I forget that those people exist Hi, hi. My name is Patrice Anthony. I'm an internal processor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, I um, the the double episode obviously helps it make a little bit more sense, and we see Burke in those first couple moments of the awake surgery. And I looked at the clock, and it was 22 minutes into this what 45, 47 minute episode until we saw Burke again. Which obviously this episode is like deeply eclipsed by. You know, Denny Doc. and Denny's um, and, and the interns. <laughs> but um, I, I was like really like I've kind of like forgot about Burke. And yeah. then I was like, oh, God, has he been dying this whole time? <laughs> going on? And then this like, you know, like <laughs> and then um, the tremor. Right. Like mm, it turns mm-hmm. out that the surgery was not successful. Derek's surgery was not 100 percent successful. And I, like Christina knows about the tremor, and Teresa, you you sort of clued me in that I, I didn't just just pick up on this, but I didn't know how she knew about the tremor, and and you made the point that she she maybe sees him through the window of the room, but one thing that I'm thinking about with her sort of like kind of seeing the tremor, but like to me she's supposed to like inherently know about it, is that it really just feels like sort of a like this relationship is fraying. Mm. And it's sort of this like last ditch effort for us to really think that they're a good pair and that she like really knows him. But at the end of the episode, when we see his tremor, we know as an audience that this will not end well, right? That he's going to maybe try to keep it a secret. And we know in our heart of hearts that like this ends well for nobody, Mm -hmm. right? Not for the patients, not for Burke, not for Christina. And it just makes me feel more and more confident um, in like what an awful like setup this is like they're yeah. a terrible match yes. Yes. and I feel that way entirely through the, the arc of this of this surgery for Burke in this whole shooting incident yeah um, when you kind of you so I was left with like a pretty sour taste yeah well and I think it's it's also sort of sour to think back to this episode given the events of the third season but the chief really has a moment here to 
to change the course of Christina Yang's very near future. Mm. And he doesn't take it in his interrogation of Christina Yang. And we'll get into the interrogation scenes, I'm, I'm sure, um, at some point. But basically, Christina Yang, you know, like, like Patrice said, she feels like she's lost her edge. She's realizing that she feels things, right? Whether it's about Izzy and the Denny situation or whether it's more specifically about her and Burke. And she doesn't, she wants to shut those feelings off and she can't. And she's looking to the chief for like, for like the encouragement or support that she can shut off that part of herself. And, and he doesn't give that to her because of his own shit. And so next season, Mm. she's going to jeopardize so much Mm. for Burke Mm -hmm. as a direct result of the things that happen in this episode and as an almost direct result to how the how the chief handles his conversation with her about what to prioritize yeah. as a doctor, mm-hmm. which like really really struck me at watching this episode. I was like, "Fuck!" If he had if he had walked down just a slightly different path with her, she would have she would not have gone on to do what she does for Burke next season, right? Um. You don't think she would have? I don't think so. I think that this, Mm. I feel that this episode was a tipping point very intentionally for all of the characters and they, they, Mm. they could have gone either way in, in each of their individual personal crises. They could have landed on one side or the other. And I think this was a tipping point for Yang and she could have gone the other way if, if the chief had handled his conversation with her differently, but he's hung up on other things. Right. Like a sliding door situation. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's, that's how I watched it, right? Like, these characters are on, like, a knife's edge. Yeah. You know? Mm. And by the end of this episode, with the, with the exception kind of of Meredith, although you could say that her her having sex with Derek is landing on one side one side <laughs> or the other, right? Uh, his dick, whatever side that's on. Yeah. That's what she landed on. A but dick has no sides. Yeah. <laughs> a dick has no sides. But, uh, you know, she's left with a very obvious choice between Finn and Derek at the end of this episode. But otherwise, I feel like everyone was left, you know, like, okay, this is the way they're going to go. Um, but again, that's like a little bit vague because we're not actually getting into some of those scenes. So... Right. We can we can move on from the Burke yeah, Christina yeah. thing because it's going to come back up again in those interrogation scenes with the chief, um, yeah. and because medically yeah, there's not sure. there's not much that happens except that that Megan's right that this is not going to end well. The fact that he's going to hide the tremor that he says he's not ready to tell Shepard is bad. That's bad news. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like even you know what. 10 15 years ago or whenever when this episode aired i knew that right like i think we're going to talk a lot about about our experience with this episode as a first time viewer versus in hindsight and i i remember knowing like ooh <laughs> yeah. fuck like this is not going to end well like you can just see this is one of those like very predictable stories in grace anatomy that you just sort of see unfold in 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 one instant yep. um and, and and because I don't have a lot of faith in their relationship and because I think that Burke is a tool shed, like, mm-hmm. I don't really care about this storyline so much, you know? And, like, I know we'll talk about it and I know there's good parts about it, but um, you can just see it all unfold. And I remember really feeling that way. I do yeah. wonder what is the what is the good in Burke not telling Derek immediately? Like, couldn't they maybe do more 
for him mm. if he fessed up a little sooner yeah and said like no something's wrong and then they could yep. work more towards it instead of hiding it but that doesn't make for good television yeah well and it's especially disappointing when you consider that that is basically spoilers spoilers that is basically how his storyline wraps up right is that the truth comes out Derek yeah. goes back in and he fixes the situation <laughs> Right? Like, that's how the storyline ends. And you're like, wow, we could have gotten there at the end of season two instead of the end of season three. Way before this. (laughs) And you know what? It's because of Burke's goddamn pride. Right? Like, Burke can't admit that he's not a god. Yeah. And and that Christina, you know, uh, uh, to your point, uh, Teresa, I almost called you Christina. (laughs) Oh, my um, God. Thank you. (laughs) What a compliment. (laughs) That it, it is a turning point for her, right? That, like, there was an opportunity for both of them to sort of own up and be better people and better doctors and, and likely better partners because of it. And and they don't, you know, and they just, but no. like, there was so much to be gained and so much to be lost here. And it's just, like, it's just, like, to your point, Patrice, that, like, it's it just makes for good television and that's the only reason for right. it. But Burke is such a tool shed that you kind of believe it. Yes. You're like, yeah, he wouldn't tell somebody about his tremor yeah, he because wouldn't. he's an idiot. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, okay. I, yeah, we I can would, move on. Well, the the one last thing that I was gonna say is I'm I'm thinking back to the the things that you said, Megan, like a a while ago about like the writers and how they portray the chemistry between like Derek and Addison, and that they don't write it believably. And I feel the same way yeah. about Burke and Christina. Like like when Christina goes to Burke at the very end, like. It doesn't feel believable to me when she, like, goes and takes his hand and is basically Mm. saying, like, I'm here for you. It feels sort of, like, shallow. And I don't, you Mm. know, I don't feel their relationship connection. Like, Mm. everything that the writers are writing is basically, like, this is bad. They're not good for each other. Like, this is not a good, stable relationship. Um, While, like, trying to show us that they're strong together. And so, like, you know, they're opposites. The things don't match up what right. what's being said and what's being shown on the screen. Yeah. Yeah, that's very yeah, true. I completely echo that. Yeah. yeah. So do we want to talk about God, I don't even know where Denny we... and the Elvad Cutters? I <laughs> Yeah, do we Denny and the Elvad Cutters? <laughs> oh my god, our doo wop fans. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> I laughed so fucking hard at that, Patrice. My boss was like, what are you working on? I was like, not me. (laughs) (laughs) Incredible. Yeah. So, so the next, the next scene that we go to after Burke and the wake up test uh, sequence is a very, very dramatic shot of Denny's new heart not beating yet, despite the fact that Erica Hahn mm-hmm. has worked really hard. I fucking love Erica Hahn. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it every time she's That's on the fine. screen. That's fine. Okay. I know. It's important. Just her being like, wait for it. <laughs> she's just so convinced yeah. and so passionate. She's I like, so she's much. like, this heart is gonna fucking pump. Just wait for it. I'm and gonna it will is like it to be. Such an intense close-up of this heart. And then, lo, it does in fact start beating. Right, because she will. Her confidence, I find, like because whose heart wouldn't start beating for Erica Hahn? Mine does, honestly. And uh, 
And and so then we get sort of an immediate cut to, well, first Izzy uh, up in the gallery. She's crying, obviously. She's very happy. Mm-hmm. But then we get a, a quick cut to uh, the line of interns in the chief's office. I actually really love this visual. It's one of the more, like, um, lasting images that I have from of the original interns is them in this line <laughs> in the chief's office. Mm-hmm. Um, each going down the line doing the I am Spartacus routine, but instead of saying that, they're saying, I cut the Elvad wire. <laughs> um, until they get to Alex, who <laughs> very emphatically says, I didn't do anything. I'm totally innocent. Because <laughs> he wasn't in the room. So, like, it's not believable that he yeah, even cut it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> It's really good. I, God, I'm really in Karev's corner sometimes. <laughs> I really get that guy. Oh, He's yeah. just, like, the douche in all of us. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a weird scene. My partner, I think made the very astute observation. She was watching this episode with me and she made the really great observation that this was like definitely Meredith's idea. Like it has mm. Meredith Grey written yep. all yep. over yep. it. Yep. <laughs> yep. Well, who else's idea would it be? Honestly, it's not Christina's. No, it's definitely no. not Alex's. Oh, yeah. It's definitely Meredith. What do we have to lose? Gray. Right. George is just like, I wish I had taken the internship in San Francisco or whatever. <laughs> San Diego. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, and you know that Meredith in her back pocket the entire time is like, got that Ellis Gray card I can throw in his face any fucking moment. And she's like, I'm not going down for shit. Watch this, bitch. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um,. So, yeah, and so then that leads, and I think we can go into the interrogation scenes from here because that leads into um, the chief pulling each intern in to meet with him individually because his entire his entire thing is like he tells Bailey, like, I'm going to I'm going to break him. I got this. I'm going to crack him. Just you watch. And <laughs> Bailey's looking at him like, okay. yeah, right. I have, like, surgeries to perform and a prom to plan. What did she say? The wagons have been circled. (laughs) Yes. She's like, you're not getting anything out of them. I will also say that, like, this is bad acting on the part of the guy who plays the chief. I don't remember his name. Uh, James T. Preston. uh, Yeah. Even his monologue to them in the office, like. It's not good. It's just not good. He gets better. Yeah. He does get better. (laughs) He gets better. He gets better at delivering, like, very chiefy monologues. But this one, I just, like, straight up wanted to laugh in his face. Like, it feels like the principal when you're in high school who's like, you guys have did a bad, you done a bad thing. And you're like, you're gonna get detention. And I'm like, I don't care, man. It's a week until graduation or something. Like, that's what it feels like. Can we get this over with, dude? Like... I, I got yeah. I got places to be. Yeah. <laughs> so the first one up um is Alex. And he's the least. Yeah, you guys with, talked about a sports metaphor killer that I like really analogy, don't recall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I was like, like what? <laughs> yeah, he just Alex like, literally said to football. You know, it's like when you're on a football team and Megan just checked the fuck yeah. out. Just <laughs> I was like, I don't care about this. <laughs> Get to the part where Christina cries. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so he, yeah, he just, do you want to summarize his sports analogy, Patrice? Just put it in here. He's just like, it's like when you're on a team and you hate your quarterback, but you still do it because you're a part of a team. And maybe I don't understand because I didn't play any team sports. (laughs) 
besides marching you band. Didn't? <laughs> besides marching band. And I don't know. So I was just like, Can't okay. wait to hear about your prom story, Patrice. Whatever. <laughs> My prom was fucking lit. Listen. Juicy shit happened. Um, those marching band those marching kids are band. freaks. I mean, yeah, all yeah. band kids are freaks. Yeah. Like everyone was fucking Little each other. Freaks. It's fine. Okay. It's it's possible that Who all of us are biased Alex? because none of us played team sports long enough to give a fuck about our teammates in this way. Yeah. So, yeah. My only flat. question was, who is the quarterback? Yeah. Is it Denny? Because we all had different Alex answers. I think. Says even if you don't like the quarterback and the quarterback's an ass, and Alex doesn't think that Meredith is an ass. I don't know. Or is, I think is he the quarterback. I well, that's the thing is like it's it. I guess it's probably Izzy because he does sound yeah. mad and he has a fairly solid relationship with Meredith. So I guess Izzy does make the most sense. Denny couldn't possibly yeah. be the quarterback. Like he has to wear like a lung backpack to go upstairs. Like there's <laughs> no way he's the QB. Yeah. So no, he's not. Izzy. Okay, I think it's Izzy. I think that makes the most... She's at the center yeah. of all of this. Like, if we're going to force a sports analogy here, she's the bitch at and the it's center. And really, it's really forced. Let's be very clear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the next step is Yang. Yes. Yes. It's, like, one of my favorite Grey's Anatomy scenes. One of my favorite early Grey's Anatomy scenes. It's fantastic. So Yang gets pulled in for this interrogation with the chief, and... Uh, yeah, the chief kind of starts out like, uh, you're you you're a surgical junkie. Like, there's no way you're not going to crack. Like, being away from uh, the operating room is going to be too difficult for you. Because at this point, his only consequence is that they're not allowed on surgeries right now. That's it. He doesn't, like, send them home for Which the day or like the week or the year. I know. Yeah. <laughs> He's just they're like, always you breaking the fucking rules. <laughs> He's just like, you can't operate today. It's like, okay. <laughs> Been there, done that, Chief. <laughs> also, he doesn't tell them that until after the interrogations that they can't operate. No, he tells them that when they're he tells it, with the, the I am Spartacus lines. Yeah, does he? Yeah, he does in the beginning, and then yeah. they file out He's of like, his office. He says, "Get the fuck surgeries. out of my office." Oh yeah, yeah he yeah. does. Never mind. Sorry, yeah. don't worry. I Just, got it. Uh, forgetting how things happen. It's fine. I've only seen this episode like eighteen times. <laughs> I watched this episode like three times. Yeah, before I watched this. it. Yeah, I watched it twice. So <laughs> I still don't remember what happened. <laughs> but this Yang scene, man, it's she goes in and she turns the interrogation around. Um, not the only person to take that strategy, Meredith, but she turns it around and makes it about the chief and is like, I just want to know, like, you've been doing this for so many years and you're still so good, whatever, whatever. Um, and it's a nice bit of, like, uh, resolution to hers and the chief's storyline, which over this season they have had um, several interactions together. Mm -hmm. um, and we do get the sense mm -hmm. that Yang really respects the chief as a surgeon. Um, and she's like, how, how do you not, how did you never lose your edge? Like, I... I don't know how to do this. She says... Um, and that's when her shit breaks. It's incredible. She has this wonderful oh, moment God. where she says, I can't tell you what happened in that room. And you know that... But she physically she can't. She really can't because it's, it's so incomprehensible to her that she felt what she did. That she's mm -hmm. feeling what she's feeling. Like, she literally cannot articulate what happened in that room. Yeah. yeah, And it's hard to know whether she's talking about in the room with Denny or in the room with Burke. 
right, mm. during the wake-up test. And so it's like she's speaking for both of those freeze kind of moments, and it's like, it's heartbreaking. I mean, Sandra O. Oh, fuck. That, like, crease in her brow. Ugh. Her fucking Ugh. lip quiver. Just everything and about her face one. is immaculate. It's just, like, the quintessential emotion it's oh my god yeah i i said like her control is unreal to me like just her control of every single part of her body in that scene is really something to watch i I, like i wish i knew a little bit more about the production side of this episode Mm -hmm. because i'd love to know for instance like sandra oh like how many takes was that or like katherine heigl's really wonderful scene at the end of the episode like what was shooting that like you know like i just that when those kind of performances come out i'm like how did we get here yeah yeah and what like as as an actress like what what mental Mm like cognitive dissonance is required to separate you from your own life to to so fully embody a character in such a beautifully authentic way like i think that the acting in this in this episode is just really really fantastic it's good this is like one of my top christina scenes like this Mm. scene um oh yeah the scene where i think i mean it's season three so it's like spoilers where they have to like cut her out of the dress yeah Mm-hmm. Um, oh. And then, like, way oh, later... Which is very reminiscent of one of my favorite Carrie Bradshaw scenes in Sex and the City, oh. when she has an allergic reaction mm. to the fabric of a wedding dress, and <laughs> yes. also has to be, like, ripped out of this dress, and she's like, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tops. And then, like, also, I think forward to, like, um, her scenes with Owen, who I fucking hate, but, like, <sighs> so, so much emotional depth in, like... In that, anyway, yeah, Sandra O, oh, unbelievable. Yeah, no, I think no, I think that that's really true, and I think that um, because she's not on the show anymore, I in watching this scene with her and the chief and her uh, Teresa, you're you're talking about the control that she demonstrates in the scene. Um, I actually see a lot of Killing Eve, like her character mm-hmm. in Killing Good Eve. Call. For those of you who watch that show, that like deep, dark, like serious control that she demonstrates in that show over her Mm. character and over um the different emotions that she sort of has to go through there i was like oh like you know like not that she probably has to apply for anything in her life but like to me this is like this is a clip that she would put in her application to literally anything yeah because i i really do see a lot of like like killing Eve in this particular scene, and I was I was like really struck by that control. I wouldn't have described it that way until I until I saw that you wrote that. Um, but I think that that's such a good way to describe her um, her presentation um, yeah. in this scene. And, and and you know, and I think that like Christina as a character, like Sandra O, oh, obviously like acts the shit out of this episode yeah. and this scene. <laughs> but you know, like the last couple episodes, we've been talking a little bit about Christina having to sort of deal with her own. Um, humanity right like sort of having to own up to the fact that she is a human being who um who actually does care about things that are not surgery and herself and her own um you know fulfilling her own dreams and i think that this is like a really powerful moment where we're forced to see like oh my god she actually has to say that she cares (laughs) out loud to another human that she cares about denny duquette and it's like gonna kill her (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know no no it's not that she cares about denny it's that I, yeah, she cares, I think, yeah, but she like, cares about she, Burke and she cares about she cares Izzy. about her family, yeah. Izzy and Meredith yeah, and George. Yeah. Right. She doesn't care about Denny. 
No, but I think that by I mean she I would argue by, that like, by the transitive I think property. she does. Yes. Like I think that she it's like super hard for her to admit the fact that she's like, man, I care about Izzy. Like, I'm a pretty girl, Stevens, and George, and Alex. Like, how the fuck did I get here where I have a boyfriend who I'm going to go to bat for in really professionally inappropriate ways, and I'm standing up to my boss in a confrontational way, and I'm like, you know, like, how how did I possibly get into this position where I Mm. really don't even recognize myself? And I think that, like, you know, any of us who have been in that moment where you realize that you don't recognize yourself, whether it's for good or bad reasons, like it's like an out of body experience. And I think that we as 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 viewers of Christina in this moment have to sit in that with her. And it's so painful, you know, like it's so hard to think like, man, she's somebody who knew herself so well. And how how did we all collectively get right? Mm, um, right. And I just, oh, it's so hard. When I do think it's so, it's so interesting, um, it, kind of what I was alluding to earlier is that she, to me, this was a tipping point for Yang. And so she says at one point um, to the chief, because the chief is like, I don't, I don't want to know um, what happened. Not from you. Like, he changes his mind over the course of this conversation. And mm-hmm. Yang definitely thinks that she's in trouble somehow more. Like, like that she's she's really crossed the line with her boss. Mm-hmm. And so she immediately says, I'll tell you. I'll tell you everything that happened, you know. And he says, I don't. I want. I don't want to contribute to anything that's going to make you less, less human. human. And he's saying that because, you know, and and this becomes sort of revealed, this is revealed sort of when when Meredith and he have their conversation later, but you can tell that the chief is like, is um, responding to and is activated by the ways in which Yang is describing him as someone who's never wavered in his focus or his commitment Mm. to surgery, and he's always, always put that first echoing what um, his wife yelled at him in the hospital <laughs> in the previous episode. And right. um, and so the chief, rather than like encouraging Yang to, to continue to maintain her focus on why she's in this program, right, which would have probably been the better advice is like, no, I, I don't want to take this thing away from you. I, I don't want to hear this from you. And it's like, man... That's not a great look then for the Christina Yang of season three. And I and I just like kind of kept coming back to that moment and just being like, yeah, bro, like you sort of <laughs> projected your own shit onto Yang. And like there was a very reasonable way to handle this, which would have been to not jeopardize her medical career. Right. Like not to continue to push about the LVAD wire, but to reframe the discussion and say, like, you need to reprioritize what it is that you're here for. And, and yeah. he doesn't do that. Right. Nope. Which, you know, yeah. there wouldn't be a storyline if he had. So it yeah. doesn't make for good TV. Fair enough. Right. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, so that brings up, that brings up Izzy is next. Who starts with, what does she start with Patrice? What's her I'm first a, line? I'm a pretty girl. <laughs> I've always been a pretty girl. I mean, I get it. The boobs, the blonde hair. It throws people off. (laughs) That was like, this is inappropriate because 
we worked together professionally, but that was like a very sultry, sexy voice. Mm. I definitely got a shiver hey, up y'all. behind yeah. my right ear. I was like, <laughs> yeah. okay, Patrice. Hey. You kind of crushed it, to be honest. If you were a call girl, that would be like a great like, I voice. don't think that you, you should don't know my life. the audio there. I think you don't should. know my no, side hustle. I'm not going to. I am just going to use Patrice's version of Catherine Heigl's <laughs> voice because it was way better than yeah. Catherine Heigl's, so, which just made me want to punch her. Oh, God. Yeah. Her fucking monologue. God. It makes no sense to me. I mean, the fact <sighs> that she is, I mean, I think I brought, I brought this up. So I can't remember in whose notes said it, but like the arc of Izzy in season two is that she develops a personality <laughs> disorder. And I said, no, guys, yes. this is spoilers when the tumor develops. Like <laughs> I was like, <laughs> same, same. I was like, like that's really like just the fact that literally what Shonda she's long on, game rhymes. Yes! <laughs> so much long game. Just the fact that what she's focusing on right now is the that Denny asked her to marry him. Not that her career is going to be over, that she jeopardized her friends' careers, that she made poor medical decisions. Like, Izzy does not give a fuck about medicine. Yeah. She is just in her head acting like a pretty girl yeah. thinking about the boy that she's in love with who asked her to marry him. And that is so frustrating to me. Yeah. It truly only makes sense if you consider that she's had a brain tumor since the show began. <laughs> yeah. Since the show began, yeah. Isabel yeah, yeah. Stevens has had a this brain tumor. This tumor has been impinging on her fucking just sanity. Yes. <laughs> just, oh Christ. <laughs> yeah, it's, Oh, God, it's so bad. It's so bad. And it's such a terrible. I feel like (laughs) it had to be intentional to have her go after Yang. The contrast in their performances is like stupid. It's so drastic. I mean, Catherine Heigl, I said in my notes that she's clearly trying to pull off like an almost. um, uh, I just like an almost bliss that is. I don't know, like, she's just, like, blissed the fuck out, right? She's just utterly blissful at this proposal. But she has, like, this really weird, like, little girl affect that just, ugh, ugh, I hated it. It was the opposite of Patrice's performance just now. It was gross. (laughs) I did not like it. I'm a pretty girl. What? Is that all we got for Izzy? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think so. I mean... (laughs) I mean, I could just, like, talk endlessly about how I don't understand the basis of, like, Izzy and Denny's relationship because much like George and Izzy's friendship just I feel like they they didn't give us much to go on so I don't understand why the feelings are so strong yeah so many odd choices yes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's it that's it so speaking of George I I I really appreciated in Patrice's notes that she just wrote George (laughs) And that was her whole commentary on George's interview. I just, George, and I was like, anything to yeah, say. like she's like speaking it. for all of us in that, like, yeah, George, mm, there he is, bad haircut and all. You know, the like, hair has gotten so much I, better. How dare you? Like, I don't know what else we need to tell our listeners. <laughs> other George. than George was physically present. Yeah. I don't even know what the fuck he talked about because no. it wasn't pertinent to anything that nope. was happening. Nope. 
So Meredith, on the yeah, other hand, moving on. She's the final interview, and whoo, damn, just <laughs> coming out of nowhere, dropping bombs on the chief, just making him do a literal jaw drop, head turn, like blowing his fucking mind. She pulled that down on him. She's just looking out the window casually, and she's like. It was you. It was you. I've been going over this and over this in my mind, trying to piece this together. It was you. You are the reason my parents broke up. And it wasn't just an affair. She really loved you, but you stayed with your wife because it was the right thing to do. Fuck. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> like a game it's a game of clue meredith <laughs> with the strap in the chief oh office. god with the strap she really <laughs> fucked him she, really she did fucked him. she really did she bodied the she chief really she bodied the chief it's she fucked him something to behold <sighs> yeah and my question to you was like okay i she's not izzy so i it can't have been premeditated and yet it's so pointed the way she turns around this interrogation to be like, I've been thinking <laughs> that it, it, I swear to God, it made me feel like she orchestrated the entire, like, we're all going to take responsibility for the Elvad wire thing just so she could get in a room alone with the chief and be like, and another thing. <laughs> Listen, motherfucker. God, you know, like, here's the thing about that, though, is that, like, yes, but also knowing Meredith Grey... No. She wouldn't do that. She wouldn't. You know, she she's wouldn't. like, no, like, of course this fucking happened. Yes. Like, of course it was my goddamn boss. <laughs> and of course it was my fucking friend. And of course, here I am. Yeah. Having yeah. to own up to other people's mistakes, to own up to my mother's mistake, and to own up to your mistake. Yeah. But what else is new? It must be a day yeah. that ends in Enter- life. And to own up, and to own up to Derek's mistake, right? Because she's she is dragging Derek in this talk as well, right? Like she she is putting the she is connecting the dots that what Derek has done to her is what the chief, she now believes, did at one point to Ellis. Mm. That it wasn't just sex, Mm -hmm. it wasn't just chemistry. Like they were in love, and he destroyed her mother's life, and he just went on with his own, right? Yep, Yep. Yep. Um. Oh my god, it's like the most multifaceted drag. It's incredible. <laughs> it's just operating on so many levels at one time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it. I'm just like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That guy's face. That's when he's doing some good acting. It's the <laughs> just look. And he is a shell that, of himself. Yeah, those lines were probably just totally improvised by Ellen Pompeo. So... <laughs> That the actor was like, oh, oh yeah. fuck. Was like, oh my god, you really I, brought I did it. that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that um, let's talk. I, I mean, I think we got to get into Denny. So Denny is yeah. is is out of surgery. He has got a beating heart in his chest. He's a virile he horse like, of a man now. <laughs> He's a real horse of a man now, right? He is ready to just be a sexist fisherman. Yeah. Oh, and- God. <laughs> yeah. And um, so my first question about this pussy. is, did you guys... <laughs> at- what did you say? She said, fishing for pussy. 
Literally, yeah. that's what Teresa just really? said. Fishing for pussy. I just, it's, he sounds like, seems like the kind of guy, you know? Fishing for pussy. <laughs> He's that kind of guy. <laughs> that's my line of so, the week now. my first fishing, fishing for, pussy. for pussy. What kind of bait do you use when you're it's fishing so for pussy? I, you know? Do you use a strap? I mean. <laughs> yeah. I'm so mad at how perfect that was. <laughs> All right, Megan, please continue. Um, you were doing wonderful transition work. <laughs> All oh, right. Oh, God, I love All you All right. <laughs> no, the question I was going to ask is that one thing that I was really struck with with watching this episode in um, in the context of the podcast and in the context of watching the, the episodes previous to it, like on sort of a semi-regular basis, is that I recalled – well, let me ask it as a question – did you guys, when you saw this season for the first time, this episode for the first time, did you think that Denny was going to die? Like, was that a surprise to you? Yes. Yes. Totally. totally. <laughs> okay. Absolutely okay, good. Was, that makes yeah. me feel better. Because I was like, I mean, <laughs> like, I obviously knew he was going to die at this epi- in this episode, but it was like... um. I can't remember which of the two of you made the point that, like, the moment when when Izzy, you know, he is out of surgery, there's a prom going on, um, and and Izzy's decided to go to the prom, and she brings him tabloids or something like that, and one of you made the point that, like, you recalled, I should just let you say it, like, wh- when she gives oh, the tabloids, who was yeah, it? Which of the oh, two that of was you me, was yeah, I, um, it was, like, such a, like, sensory trigger that, like, the moment she, like, handed him the tabloids... I remembered how he dies. And it was like, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, oh, God, that's right. This is so sad. (laughs) Uh, Are those the tabloids from like a few episodes ago? Um, Yeah. No, no, no. She brought him. Oh, yeah, yeah. From a few, from the last episode. She brought him chocolates. Oh, yes, uh, yes, 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 yes. The nice Swedish or Swiss chocolates, she says. And then the the tabloids, right? And so um, when I saw those tabloids, I was like. Oh my god, that's right. Yeah, you just remember yeah. the body and remembers, like, and I, yes. yeah, it like does. You know, it's like annoying how clearly impactful this was on me as 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 a young person who, again, at the time, I really loved Denny. Right, like I think my like dumb white straight. <laughs> female in the early aughts mind was like really enchanted with Denny's awful sexism and behavior and so when he died like it was so sad like I remember feeling so betrayed and so upset about it um and I think that like I was like brought back there right in this episode of like oh man like this is a deeply sad episode and I think that like how horribly he has aged and even through doing the podcast like i obviously my rose colored glasses are like very down in the trash can now <laughs> with with denny and his character but i i was reminded of how much i cared for him and how betrayed i felt and like oh god it's like mm. i i had to remind myself that i was allowed to mm. create space for sadness in this episode that i didn't need to only hold space for how much i hated denny and that i could actually still feel sad for like how really tragic this death is if deeply problematic yeah. um and and it was like it was like a mental journey for me to go on to really get into a place where I could feel both sad and angry at this character. That's so true. I started this uh, episode and when uh, when Doc died, 
I, and we'll get into that or we won't later, but <laughs> Doc dies. And I had him down as like my saddest death. And I had like five out of five teardrops. Mm-hmm. And I was like for Doc only. And I had to like go back and revise my notes after Denny's death because I was like, I actually can't, I can't joke. Like I can't have a sarcastic veneer over what is a genuinely like devastating moment in Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, for the and character. even cold, bitter 2019 Teresa, <laughs> whose heart is utterly like walled off from the world, could be like, wow, that was sad, sad. <laughs> it was brutal. Like, really, Shonda Rhimes just drops Ugh. Denny's death in there like a fucking afterthought. It's like, everything's peaceful. He's just reading the fucking tabloids. Nothing happened. Like, even the way that he dies, mm-hmm. he just, it's just like suddenly he gets a look on his face and then he's just fucking dead. Yeah. Like, God, and then he's so he's- dead. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like, I don't mean to make light of it, but he's like, he dies alone. It is yeah, tragic. It is really so sad. tragic. And then it's like a blink. And they go back and he is like he is gray. real dead. He is really like gray. he is like blue. He's like been he looks dead. like he's been dead, dead a yeah. week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it really like uh it really makes you wonder how long it took everyone to get up to the room where Izzy yeah. is because like he's he's quite dead. <laughs> he's so so <laughs> That's, it was dead. a really good point. Um, oh my god. But so dead. Yeah, it's um it's it's really it's just really sad and I I think that Catherine Heigl and we can talk about this more maybe in our M and M's or whatever but I think that Catherine Heigl acts the shit out of this. This scene. performance is <laughs> fucking stellar. Yeah, and I had literally just it's asked so in good. her interrogation, like I was like, I remember when we all collectively as a nation really liked Catherine Heigl and we really yeah. liked Izzy Stevens. Yeah. And I was like, how? And then I watched the scene and I remembered, I was like, that's right. Because damn, damn, she could really pull it out. Yes. Like, that's a fantastic scene for her. Ugh, yeah. yeah. She does it's not so seem true. unhinged. It is not overplayed no. uh, in the way that like her other monologue to Denny, like making him accept the Elvad, like that seemed so crazy, right? Like we spent that episode talking about how the tumor insane that <laughs> seemed. Yeah, it was like it was too much emotion. It did not feel like a proportional response. And this, yeah. this was more muted, but uh, far more devastating. Yes. Oh God. So well, and that's just the name of the game with this episode, though. Like you look at you look at Catherine Heigl's performance, but then you look at like Christina with the chief. You look at mm. Meredith with the chief. You look at Oof. Meredith and Derek, right? Like Oof. you look at any of these characters and the. The true theme, I think that is so spot on, is that it's like muted, controlled, powerful, powerful agony. acting. Ugh, agony. It's tr- yeah, yeah, agony. Yeah. Exactly. And I think it's so, so, so effective. Um, and it's just, it's just goddamn beautiful. Like, it's just a beautifully, beautifully done. Um, and I, I just really appreciate it. And then Alex, like even Alex, like I was really thinking a lot about, so, so Denny dies and, and, and we'll get into sort of the prom and, and, you know, Meredith and whatnot. But when, when he dies, some of his best acting work right there. What's that? (laughs) Some of Jeffrey Dean Morgan's best acting work was him dying. Oh, totally. I mean, just really transformative. (laughs) (laughs) His other acting this episode. 
iffy. But that death scene, iffy. Solid. Solid death. Um, but I think that like Alex comes in, and this is a great moment for Izzy and Alex, right? And and she's on, she's you know like splayed out on top of Denny, and she's wearing the dress, and like there is so much to like really really appreciate about this scene, and even Alex who like up to this point his only contributions to this episode have been a shitty football metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and he has this, like, really beautiful moment. And we've been talking a lot in the last few episodes about Alex and his ability to sort of, like, say the truth when nobody really wants to hear the truth. Um, and he does that again with, with Izzy. And he sort of, he's the one that's able to, like, even Meredith flubs it, right? She's like, Izzy, they have to do things to you his- can't be here body you can't you know like she can't form any words to like have a meaningful like interaction with izzy and and alex is really beautiful and says you know like i think it's a great moment for us to collectively move on from denny where he sort of communicates to her like you are capable of more you can like he is gone but like you're not and like the world is still here and like what we're obviously reading between the lines is like i'm still here and i love you and you know Mm -hmm. your family is not with denny like your family is here in this you know motley crew of interns and and we will take care of you and when he like scoops her up, Ugh. it's just this like I, oh, it's just like it just like rips your heart out of your chest yes. for, for everybody involved. Mm-hmm. Like I just think it's such a wonderful moment. Um, yeah, the cradling, and I, and I just, the sobbing. I, I just, mm. Well, and then the procession, um, you know, where they all sort of there, you know, all of the interns are in black. She's wearing this um, sort of deep pink. Um, like I don't know, kind of like satiny dress. She's yeah. dressed for the prom, and and she it's looks, like a fucking ball gown. She, yeah, it's like a ball gown. She also, looks, she looks like note, a princess. Where the fuck did they get these dresses? <laughs> yeah, these people really pulled it out. Like, like right? I'm she like she she says she changed her dress three times, and I'm like, bitch, why do you have so much formal yeah. wear? Yeah, that's that's really impressive. Right? Um, and like this was before Rent the Runway. So there's <laughs> no yeah, so where was this happening? <laughs> But she, you know, she she looks like a princess, and I mean, she looks beautiful. Catherine yeah. Heigl's beautiful, but um, as she she comes down from Denny's room, all of the interns are with her, kind of surrounding her, like this protective, her own like protective guard, and all the rest of the interns are all wearing black, and it's just it's such a like lovely stark contrast between her costuming and their costuming, but it's also there's something really beautiful like i i felt like i saw the interns as a family for maybe truly the first Mm. time seeing the way that they quite literally circle those wagons that bailey was talking about earlier around one of their own right as she says to the chief here's me i got his open one i didn't know what helped me and now I thought I was a surgeon but I can't I thought I was a surgeon but I am not so I quit oh god it's so devastating it's so good it's so good I mean as a (sighs) It's so true. It's so true. And like, it's causing us as audience members to eat our fucking words. Yes. Because <laughs> we have been saying for weeks and weeks and weeks, like, 
who's the crev of the week? Who's the 007? Izzy, Izzy, Izzy. Like, what a terrible doctor. Revoke her medical license. But the moment when she says it, and she says, I thought I was a surgeon, Uh, but it turns out I'm not. uh, It's like, oh, God, it just guts you because you're like, I mean, we all know it, but, but like, hearing you say that and hearing you come to terms with it in the way that none of us wanted at the end of the day, like, Mm -hmm. is just Mm -hmm. awful to see. You know, it's simultaneously, like, for me, like, it's, you know, one of the best lines. I don't know. It's just really, really powerful. And it's so painful as a viewer because you're, like, rooting for her to go down. And when she does, it's like, oh, now I feel like this wasn't. Yeah, this wasn't (laughs) as fun as I thought it was going to be. Right. Like, that was my feeling. I I forgot that she does admit to cutting the LVAD wire. And earlier in my notes, I was like, this bitch just needs to tell the chief, like, it's ridiculous. She's the worst, whatever, whatever. And then she finally tells him. And it's like, yes, on the one hand, that's what she should have done from the beginning. It isn't the way you want but, it to But oh, win. God, the context of her admitting to it yeah. is yeah. just the worst. Oh, it's such yeah. good writing. Oh, Shonda. It's God so damn good. it. It's Killing so us. good. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. So that like there's actually a lot kind of happening with prom um and I'm you know I'm cognizant of like where we're at with time that we're um yeah. getting towards the end here but there's there's some other things going on with prom that we absolutely have to talk with talk about first and foremost is the fact that Doc dies Meredith and Derek have a really intense heart-wrenching like catharsis kind of over doc's death where they're like putting doc down but they're also euthanizing their Their love love. (laughs) and um it's (laughs) they're really fucked up people that like putting their dog down like made them so horny for each other. Like I know. the three of I us know. had to like actively look away, like fold laundry or like go refill our wine or like whatever it is we needed to do while Doc was dying on our television screen. But no, these two fucking freaks were like, uh, wanna have sex? Let's let's rock. <laughs> he was a good dog. Let's do it. He was a good he dog. Was. <laughs> you had so and, and like and I just think that, like, we talked early on <clears throat> when we first sort of met Finn that we were, you know, like, I remember us sort of reflecting on, um, like, the fundamental differences between Finn and Derek and how alike those two characters are written when we first meet Finn of, like, oh, he's, like, kind of pompous and, like, attractive in a very obvious way and sort of rugged and, you know, this, that and the other thing. And I think that this is when we actually see the, like, <laughs> departure between the two of them that, like... Derek is like a, I mean, kind of like a happy-go-lucky puppy, but at the end of the day, we really see that, like, yeah, he wants to have sex after his dog was put down because that's, like, that's the, like, insidious nature of (laughs) Meredith Grey upon him. And, like, this whole time, they're, like, putting their dog down, and Finn is like, I was a prom king, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And you just sort of have to be, like... You have to let Finn go in that moment, you do, right? Yeah. Like Finn is like a breath of fresh air to Meredith, and you're like, oh my gosh, you so want it to work out, and Meredith so badly, you know, she's like, I like Finn, I want to be with Finn, he's a good guy, and then when he's like, I can't wait to go to the prom, and 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 they're putting <laughs> Doc down, you just sort of have to, you just have to accept that, like, it's <laughs> Meredith will never truly be happy. You know, like, she's never, yeah, like, Derek yeah, is the him. happiest that she is ever going to be. Yep. 
you know yep. and it's like it's awful like it's and it's not that watch. happy you're like, right like you yeah, need to she's have just reasonable expectations happy. for happiness for yeah. meredith you know she's just not <laughs> and you have to like internally accept that while watching a dog die <laughs> and it's like you know like man is it, is, for a show that couldn't even show an abortion thing? yeah like yeah you know like it's like wow like how could you not show an abortion like this is so actually sad this is so much worse on like so many levels this is very telling of like uh, who we are as people that we are way more sad well because i'm putting a dog down i feel like the abortion like you would be watching the procedure happen and that's sad right but we didn't like just have cuts of like the upper parts of like Meredith and Derek's bodies as the dog is being they cut. showed his like paws they showed against his them. paws his paws his tiny you paws. know what I mean like that is is it the sickest thing Megan is crying Megan is actively crying right now I called it I called it why did you have to talk about the paws Megan is weeping. I would just want to say for the record that I said Megan would cry while we recorded this episode. I would also like to say for the record that I was like, oh, we shouldn't try to make her cry. And Teresa said, I love devastating people. And I like that I was the one who made you cry. It wasn't even me. It wasn't even me. It's a terrible scene. I think, like... I, you know, I never really watched, I never watched How to Get Away with Murder, and I never watched Scandal. I know, don't at me. But this, I did watch Private Practice, do at me for why I did that. But but this has to be, like, the sickest shit Shonda Rhimes has ever done. I'm sorry. I forgot. I, I truly, I I like scaled back her director and writing privileges. They were like, they were like, listen, I think we you cannot euthanize dogs on TV. (laughs) White America is going to come for you, Shonda. um, (laughs) White people love their dogs too much. You cannot euthanize them on TV. There's like a literal website that's like called like did the dog die.com. And you can like (laughs) type in the name of a movie to see if the dog died in that movie. Uh-huh. Like, that's where we're at you as guys. a country. But oh Shonda God. was like, fuck your feelings, fuck your white dogs. People. Shonda's people. like, I'm a cat person, bye. I know <laughs> I'm part of the problem, you guys. <laughs> I know. Listen, I am a future dog owner. The future could be very far away. And I was also, like, very upset. And I, I actually mean, I thought moved. about you and Hank, Megan, as I watched this scene. I was like, Wow, man, I could not do this. <laughs> it was a dark day. Oh, okay, man. but then afterwards, I, just, I think we just need. To, so the thing about it is that it's sad because it's a dog dying, and you know, yes. and that's like, I mean, like it's like an innocent animal being put down, and and but like ultimately, it's a metaphor, right? Like Doc yes. is a metaphor, and they're killing their relationship, and Addison is there, and that's so inappropriate. <laughs> But like she don't has you know to be we're engaged in a metaphor like everywhere awkwardly like on a on like every single scene in this show. Yes. Someone this one episode. of you called her a fucking nerd this episode, and that's about <laughs> right. Yeah, she is a fucking nerd in this episode. It's 
embarrassing. She's such a nerd in this episode. It's deeply embarrassing. And then Doc has like his little paw in Meredith's hand. And then Addison's fucking pager goes off. And it's like, yeah, bitch, like get out of here. Like you don't need to be here for this right now. (laughs) And then it's rough. Like Derek's kind of a dick about it. Like he's kind of a dick in the moment, you know, and that's like a hard thing. I think a hard kind of a hard thing to watch, too. Um, you know, is that Meredith, it feels, I guess I think that like my read on it is that like Addison's there inappropriately. Finn is like a little bit distracted and Derek's being intentionally an asshole. And it feels like a really lonely scene for Meredith on top of like a series of relatively lonely events for her. Um, and it feels like she's sort of like responsible for the death of this dog and the death of this relationship. And we all sort of know that she's not. And I think that's really hard to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Derek doesn't really come around until Meredith starts talking about, like, what they're going to do with Doc's right. body. Right. And he does soften yes. at that point. And then tries to touch her hand. And I was like, don't fucking touch her! <laughs> don't touch her! You don't have any rights. <laughs> don't you know the pain you're putting her through? Yeah. That you want to bury your love slash this dog <laughs> in that uh, clearing by the trailer overlooking the water? Derek? I loved I loved that moment in your notes. <laughs> Let me think of a romantic place to put our love. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, but then they make up for it by, you know, they both get to their prom with the respective with their respective partners and they're on the dance floor. And this motherfucking eye fucking. Yeah. They are fucking so hard with their eyes. Oh, I, all across the so dance floor. Is that what Meredith looks like eye fucking? Because she just looked really sad. sad to me. I think that is her that's eye her fucking. That's her eye fucking? That's okay. how she attracts Oh yeah, that's how boys. she gets them. Yeah. She's like, my that's sadness how she, brings like, all the boys to the yard. Yeah, that's, that is her fishing for pussy. That's exactly right. She's like, I have daddy issues. Come eyes. dance with me. She's like, I don't know what you did earlier, but I put my dog to sleep. <laughs> like, um, She has daddy, mommy, dog, boss issues. Yeah. 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 So many issues for Meredith. Oh my god. Choose choose one. Yeah. Spin the wheel. <sighs> and then for they real. she's like running down the hall, you know, she tells Finn, "I'm sorry, I'm hot, like I I got to go or I need to go to the bathroom or whatever." Finn's like, "Oh, yeah, okay. All right." Mm-hmm. I was the prom <laughs> Yeah, j- so back to my story, you know, <laughs> to some stranger. <laughs> what faces are you making, Megan? <laughs> That's my Finn move. I'm re- I got a good shoulder dance, Patrice. <laughs> That's my signature move. <laughs> the crown, like, totally wrecked my hair that night, but I think overall it was worth it. Um, and and so Derek, like, whispers to Addison. He's like, I need air or someone needs brain surgery. I don't even remember what his <laughs> excuse is. But, but Addison is like, oh, punch, you know, like, whatever. And Derek follows <laughs> Derek follows Meredith down a hall and she starts running, you know, which should be a sign. Guys can't really pick up on women's verbal and nonverbal she literally communication. Says, leave me she alone. She says, Leave me alone. Um, don't follow me, Derek. Leave me alone. And they end up in a patient room and they're yeah. kinda like across across the bed from yeah, each other yeah, yeah. you know sort of like moving around the bed in this dance and it's a horror scene it's a horror scene and then it turns into like a very kinky scene and then it is just Seth? a release for this show which has been celibate since yeah. meredith's celibacy yeah 
And I did not realize how much I missed Grey's Anatomy sex scenes until this one. God. I was like, yes. Yes. Uh, Patrick Dempsey looks like a great kisser. He looks like a good kisser. He doesn't swallow her whole. I need to look at his lips. And he has that shit eating grin when he pulls back from kissing her. And I just, oh my God, I want to smack him in the face and then kiss him more. (laughs) It's incredible. I don't know, guys. He has very thin lips. He does, but I'm telling you, between the he smirking knows how to use and the sparkling yeah. eyes, I'm just like, oh, it's good. It's really good. He's you just know there. that it is. Do you think that Patrick Dempsey and Ellen Pompeo ever hooked up on the set of Grey's Anatomy? Ooh, no. No. Really? Because Ellen Pompeo was, is friends with Patrick Dempsey's wife. And so, like, when Patrick Dempsey... Was he married when they started? I don't remember. No, because I know Patrick Dempsey got fired from the show for... Anyway, yeah. we don't we don't need any litigation. But <laughs> Ellen Pompeo... After we've said all of these fucking <laughs> terrible, yeah. slanderous things about Isaiah Washington. He's, he's a fucking Trump supporter. Patrick what Dempsey was there's nothing slanderous. 20 years. Okay, yeah. So probably yeah. they didn't hook up on the set of yeah. Grey's Anatomy. Um. He is looking pretty old. He is looking he, old now, but... I mean, still great. I'm into it, still. For the record. Yeah. Yeah. I'd still anyway. fuck him. Yeah, I still would. Oh, I just yeah. Googled for his picture. Sure. Oh my god, he's an attractive man. Wow. Okay. Mm. Gotta get off Google Images. This sex scene <laughs> Oh my is god, great. he is incredible. Yeah, he's, he's really great. <laughs> uh, men are so unfair. Like... Yeah. Their jaws just sharpen. I just whatever. The more s- okay. the closer anyway. to, they get to death, the more skeletal the yeah, like, better their yeah. jaws look. But you know, sometimes yeah. they so- their features soften. They go the opposite mm. way and they start to look like kind of not very attractive Mush. women. So it's hard to know mm. which way you're gonna go. But Patrick's going in the right way. Yeah. Good good for you, Patrick Dempsey. Still got a head full of hair. Oh my god, incredible. Okay, not the His point. Hair. Not okay. the point. So then they have sex. It is yeah. like truly like you do amazing. after the prom, like you do during the after prom. Yeah. prom, during the like prom, after the prom, whenever. Yep, at the prom. Yep, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep. And mm. then they, they. I mean, mm. it, and it's like it's like the dam breaking. Like Teresa made the point that like it's like we were all celibate for all of these yes. weeks, yes. <laughs> and finally we're not. And it's just like we needed this sex scene so badly and it's like such a sad scene and so like it's such a sad episode and it's like the one sort of like glimmer that we have and ah it's just like it's so 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 good truly Um, only Grey's Anatomy would score a sex scene to like a Kate Havenick song like oh my god right like the saddest one of the saddest musicians in the Grey's Anatomy like songbook They usually reserve her for deaths. Yes. And and to be fair, this is a a death death in this episode. And so after that, I mean, then like she and Derek have, I mean, Meredith and Derek have kind of like, like Derek's like, what does this mean? What does this mean? And like, no one cares, Derek. Like, she's really frantic about it. Like, just shut up. Like, it's kind of unsexy, actually. He ruins the moment a little bit for me. Super unsexy. He really, I'm like, act like you've been there before, guy. 
Oh, yeah. The next sexiest thing that happens is Callie comes in and zips oh. Meredith's dress for her. <laughs> yeah. you know, like, and <laughs> flashes. Oh, my God. She gives McDreamy the up down. Ugh. And it is so full of disdain. Ugh. And I just, I wish I could make it into, like, a body wash. Just, like, the look <laughs> she gives Derek. I just, like, wish I could bathe with it. Like, every yeah. day. It's incredible. Like, Sarah Ramirez does not do a lot of work in this episode, but she no. earns her, like, purr in that one glance at Derek. Yes. <laughs> it's so yes. good. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And, like, and from here, I mean, there's there's really not a whole lot of episode left from here, right? Yeah. Like, this is when, I mean, we, we talked about this earlier, but when Izzy, when they sort of all, the, the wagon sort of actually circle and the interns walk out with Izzy. Um, but it but it sort of ends here, right? And I think it's like a really interesting juxtaposition. Like, I think that this, this episode is like, it has such a beautiful arc to it. And it's so pleasant and painful to watch. Like, the, it just really goes by super quickly. Um, and, and And it just sort of like, ends really nicely after this this like sort of you know violent and beautiful and sexy sex scene um with izzy quitting her job and it just sort of closes after that you know like it's i I don't know like i think it was such a it was such a beautiful end to an episode the last five minutes or so of this episode are is just really 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 wonderful in my opinion yeah yeah agreed should we like should we go ahead and go into our m&m of the week yeah, I, I feel like that's going to draw and I know, some conversation I, yeah, as well. I definitely think so. I think that there's things in this episode we can't talk about everything in this episode, but I think that the um, the M M&M and M is going to be a, a nice way to touch on some some last things here. So for our teardrop ranking, I mean, I gave it a five out of five teardrops. Very easily. Yeah. I mean, I did not technically cry in this episode, but like, I just don't cry anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, but five out of five tears, just because yeah. objectively it was. I mean, so it's got to be in the top. I think one of you said that this has got to be. I, I can't remember if somebody said this or not, but um, it's got to be in the top saddest episodes. Sa- top saddest deaths, I think. Yeah. Yeah, deaths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I was trying to count them off, but I mean, we can't get too spoilery. But there are some sad deaths, and I still there are some very sad deaths ahead. And I still think that Denny for sure crop cracks top ten, yeah. maybe even cracks top five, mostly yeah. because of Izzy's it, response. Both exactly because, because Catherine Heigl yeah, yeah. rocks. Well, it. and what it pulls, what uh, yeah, and what it pulls out of our other interns, yes. right? Like Izzy, but also what it pulls out of the Christina, tenderness what it pulls of out Alex, of Alex and, what it pu- yeah, what it pulls out of Meredith, and like the implications sort of around his death that he's sort of like this, you know, the the like epicenter of of this like you know, the sadness hurricane that comes through this show at this time. And that's been building for so long. I, yeah. I, I definitely think so. Yeah. I, um, I mean, I give it maximum tears. <laughs> During my notes, I was just like, yeah. every sad thing, I was like, one tear on the tearometer, three tears on the tearometer. <laughs> yeah, I really liked that strategy. <laughs> and so I, I got like 10 tears or something. I was just like, this shit's sad as fuck. <laughs> yeah. That seems reasonable. It seems like a reasonable tally to me. I'll allow it. <laughs> the on-call room? I mean, I... Okay, mm. yeah, it's pretty obvious. Uh, we just spent a lot of time all, waxing no. poetic. We all know. 
<laughs> the lady bits I mean, felt it. Uh-huh. This is an epic sex scene in Grey's It wasn't Anatomy. just a whisper across our lady bits. It was a shout across yeah, our lady bits. Yeah, it was a, a scream with a yeah. bullhorn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about Song of the Week? There were a couple of good ones. Um, it's a great score of this episode. Yeah. Great choices. I mean, I, I just need to say, and, like, my partner can corroborate this, like, I I moaned like like sexually moaned when the beginning strains of chasing cars came on. We'll do it all. It's I mean it's such a good song. It's just a really it's so I don't know and like I don't know if I love it because of this show. Or if I love this show because of the song, like it just yeah, all gets it's, really wrapped uh, up for yeah. me. It's but my my song, first relationship is like my first love is so wrapped up in this song, and then so it's like it is the soundtrack to my first love, and then it's the soundtrack to one of like the saddest episodes of Grey's Anatomy. Yes. And those two things in my brain, because I associate sadness with pleasure, just, <laughs> just produced, like, I mean, it was really... There's just, like, some <laughs> some lot. songs and some scenes that you just can't dis- disentangle. Like, I think about, yeah. Yeah. like, for me, and this is not about Grey's, but I think about that Damien Rice song, I think Blower's Daughter oh, okay. in the L word. Oh, yeah. And then oh, yeah. also oh, Iron and Wine, Naked As We Came, uh, also in the L uh, word. Like, uh, I cannot. Joseph Arthur, also uh, in the L word. I just like, oh, cannot. In the sun. Oh my fucking God. That is one of the most incredible that combinations just, of like, song and narrative ever uh, in yeah. television is Joseph Arthur in the sun. End of the first season yes. of, uh, of The L Word. That shows a yeah. trash fire, but wow. Like, I would I cry just, today, I think, if I watched that. Just not even watching it. I could listen to the song, remember how I yes. felt and as cry. a teenager. <laughs> Be like, look at these gay women in love and sadness and oh my fucking god. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Yeah, that's how Chasing Cars feels <laughs> so to much. me in this. So I just, like, if I listen to this song, I can only think about this deep sadness. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, I think that might be the song of the week. Kate, Kate, also, great song. Great song, yes, though, this episode. The Kate uh, was the Kate Havnick song. Great. Fantastic. Oh, the She's Kate Havnick song. Though. There's a beautiful Amos Lee oh, song yeah, somewhere in there. That, like, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great really score. Good. Like, yeah. I mean, the, the music is done really, really, really well in this episode. Yeah. Um, but it's hard not to just hands down give it to Chase yeah. Cars. <laughs> and because it's such a it's such an important song for this show. Like, you know, they like obviously do it in the stupid fucking musical episode, but I think it's it's a callback song that we sort of really associate with this with this show in a lot of ways. Yeah. 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 Death Tally. Talking about the tribal death. I mean, is it just, just two? two? Yeah. Yeah. Doc and Doc and, uh, and, Danny. and Danny. Doc and Danny. Both very sad. Really sad. Saddest death. Ooh. Um it's so <laughs> Megan's face. <laughs> it's clear what Megan thinks. Yeah, I really wish we could. I wish this was a if visual medium. You were Listener, to do you know what Jenny's Megan? <laughs> what Megan, this person who owns and loves a dog and is white, thinks is the saddest okay. death. But <laughs> <laughs> we will give you one guess. It's not the person death. I will give you one guess. But if I mean, do you are you really going to argue that you think that Denny should have lived? Like Doc <laughs> is innocent here. Denny is a fucking 
asshole. I, okay, here's, here's my counter argument. I get it. I think that watching the dog die is like the most traumatic thing that Grace puts me through until like season six <laughs> and then later with Henry. So I will give the dog the trauma advantage. But when Catherine Heigl, as Isabel Stevens says, I changed my dress three times. I want it to look nice. I would have been here sooner. But I couldn't figure out which dress to And she could have been sooner. She could have been there sooner. she says, isn't that just the most ridiculous piece of crap you've ever heard? And it is, you know, but it's also like, I don't know. Like if you've, if you've like lost someone or, you know, I mean, I just, it's like the most relatable, most, it's like the most terribly sad thing I, it's so sad. It's, it's, I get it because I'm mad at her too for changing her dress three yeah. times mm. and not being with him when he died. And it's like the kind of sadness that like Meredith is going to be sad about Doc for a long time, but Izzy oh, is yeah. never going to forgive herself for for wanting to look so nice for him that she changed her dress three times before she left the house and she wasn't there when he died. And those kinds of sadnesses, like anytime I watch movies or television where it's like a sadness that I know a person cannot reconcile, like mm-hmm. cannot and will not ever forgive themselves for or get past, that is like, I can't, I have to like check out because it is too real a sadness for me i don't know yeah <laughs> it's, no and, and like it I, yeah wrecked me like that line specifically i was like scatter me with doc's ashes <laughs> like by the trailer <laughs> in the clearing overlooking the water. the water like i'm done <laughs> Yeah, no, I get, I, and like, I, I am not, at the end of the day, I'm not like meaningfully trying to say that a dog's death should trump a human's death in, in the it's real world. It's honestly fine, I, I, You dude. know, like, yeah, I yeah, think that. okay. <laughs> we are not here to that, shame that position. No, no. No, and I, I mean, I think that like, the, the, when you look at it through Izzy's eyes and you look at her experience of this death, um, in a, in like a reality like it is so sad and so awful i have a really hard time entirely parking the hyperbole of this situation yeah you yeah. know like i have a really <clears throat> hard time like yes of course that is tragic of course that is sad i have a really hard time not saying like you cut the Elvad wire. Yep. You yep. know, like, mm-hmm. like, I, and like, I, and that doesn't, that doesn't, like, that doesn't make a dog's death sadder than like a human's death, <laughs> of course. But I think that, like, for me, um, Denny is such a inappropriate character, and his his taking advantage of of Izzy and Izzy's um, sort of like lack of respect for her for her profession and for Denny as a patient and things like that make me so mad at her 
And yeah. like, and that in some ways, like garners more sympathy for her, for me, you know, of like, you were so dumb and so blinded by your emotions that you <laughs> thought about changing your dress a thousand times before you thought about never cutting his Elvad wire. Mm, and like, yeah. when I, and, and like, mm-hmm. when I think about like, you know, and I think that that's like, to me, that's always what makes Doc's death, any dog's death, like so sad is like. And, and it's, like, the reason why, like, my stupid white ass loves dogs so much is because, like, the, because of, like, the bottomless pit of innocence that they provide of, like, yeah. that dog yeah. never yeah. asked to be a metaphor. That dog never asked to have <laughs> shitty ass parents. That dog never asked to, like, he's, like, the clearing by the trailer, like, fuck you guys. Like, you guys are <laughs> awful owners who, like, left me at the vet for days. And, like, I just want, you know, like, I, and, like, I think that, like, to me, the hardest part about watching a dog die and any any like movie tv whatever is like this like innocent love that they have for human beings and like and and i think that like we see so little of that in Grey's anatomy and i think it's like such a stupid humanizing moment for this show that is so over the top emotional that's like you know a dog dying is like a universally fucking sad thing that like people build websites about um and and you know it's not that i think that denny deserved to die but i think that um I think that it's like a bed that was like really, really made for him. Um, And I think that like, it's a really awful hard thing to watch people go through that sadness. But at the end of the day, I feel sad for Izzy. I don't really feel all that sad for Denny. You know, like I don't, I don't, I I have a hard time truly garnering a lot of feelings for him. I, I, it's very easy for me to, to, you know, muster it for her. Um, Yeah. And, and it's like, and that's why I think that like the juxtaposition of those two characters dying, the dog and the, the human is like actually kind of like complex and interesting to talk and think about. Um, but it's fucking sad. Like they're yeah. so sad. It's, it's, it's sad. It, um, it's sad. She says, obviously. Um, <laughs> I, I do. I want to point out that not only did Izzy cut the Elvad wire, <laughs> she also gave him the tabloids, which is what he's laughing about when he has a stroke and dies. So, like, oh. Izzy, Izzy killed this man. Yeah, she really she, killed him dead in like a lot of ways. 007. She's she. I couldn't yeah. give her the Karev. It felt too mean. Yeah. But she is without a doubt the 007 of yeah. this episode. <laughs> well, I mean, let's get into the the doctors. I mean. Uh, for me, I had to give the I had to give the 007 to Izzy. Yeah, I think we all did. We yeah, all we, gave we Izzy all the 007. It was yeah. her. She legitimately killed <laughs> she this actually man. killed this man. She yeah. killed this man. Um, she did not think. It's like she said, "Sorry to this man." Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. What did you guys What did you guys do for the Karev of the week? I gave it to Derek. I did too. I did too. I just felt like, one, he was just being indignant and angry, like, the entire episode, and then he followed Meredith when she didn't want to follow him and want him to follow her, and I don't know. I just didn't like him at all in this episode, (laughs) which, you know. What else is new? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I I did the same. I I thought he was, like, really unsupportive. Um like through sort of like he was he was like pretty blatantly an ass to Meredith when like they were putting the dog down and through like all of that you know up, up until the end was like kind of a dick about it and then he put a ton of emotional labor on Meredith um mm. after they had sex of like what does this mean what does this mean figure this out <sighs> like, what does this mean help me look for them and fix your tie 
what does this mean? And 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 I Man. found that like re- really frustrating. Yeah. Of like, and Meredith just handled it. Meredith was like, I don't know, like figure your shit out. Like I yeah. think this means I just had a great orgasm in a patient room. Like I don't know what this means for yeah. you, bitch. She's like, I'm you know, not married. Like, like <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sounds like a personal like, problem. Um, and so I think that like I found him to just be kind of. A dick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's uh I think yeah. that's fair. I vacillated between uh Derek and George. We didn't really talk about George oh, yeah. this episode, but he frustrated me by like also not really having any emotional at- intelligence with Callie at uh certain points in this episode. Um and then he again, there's a really uncomfortable scene with George and Callie where she is telling him to leave her alone. Like, no, George. Um, and he's like, he's like, just like, I, he even says something fucked up. Like, just don't fight me or whatever. And then like, kind of, kind of like pins her against a wall. And it's just, again, mm. on the heels of like his fucked up admission in the previous episode that yep. he knew Meredith was not interested in the sex that they were having and that the sex might actively be like, causing her you know like pain uh, emotional Mm -hmm. pain but continued because a night with her is better than never at all i i just was like well george like throw the whole man in the trash i'm done (laughs) i like i need a season two to season three break from george because he's killing me right now Yeah. yeah um so yeah but derek for the reasons that have already been stated yeah 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 uh what about chief resident I do not know. I could not come up with an answer for this. <laughs> I gave it to Alex only for mm. the scene with Izzy where mm. he scoops her up and like the extreme amount of tenderness that he shows um, and manages just to like not be a dick in the moment. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Love that side of Alex. Great, great scene for Justin Chambers. Yes. Um, I and I'm really excited for him to start getting like. More of a role. Being a full person. Yeah, because I, I actually, I think Justin Chambers is, like, very talented. And I I think he actually gets better as the mm-hmm. show. Like, yeah. I, so I think that his character becomes more three-dimensional. But I actually think that Justin Chambers, if you compare some of his, like, emotional scenes in, like, season one and season two to some of his later work, he is much yeah, better. Yeah, I agree. Um, I said Bailey, who was functioning as chief resident, uh, was keeping herself out of a pretty serious legal situation and planned a high school prom. Yeah, so, she literally Bailey, did it all. The Rosie the Riveter yeah. of Seattle yeah. Grace. Oh my god. I also just need to mention because I laughed so hard when I got to this point in your notes, Teresa, where you're talking about Bailey's like checking oh. <laughs> checking Denny, making sure his shit's all together, and Izzy comes into the room. And she's like, you need to get the fuck out of here. You're a visitor, like I said, bitch. And then he's like, it's her turn. And Teresa just wrote, Bailey is like, what fucking white nonsense am I literally physically standing in the middle of right now? And truer words have never been spoken. The look on Bailey's face is literally, what is this fucking white nonsense? It's just like, oh oh no, this is not happening. Not today. This is not happening. Not right now. Um, Okay, so our line of the week, there were, uh, there were truly so many many many. between Catherine Heigl's monologue, 
um Meredith had some had some really yes, wonderful beautiful. lines. Um mm-hmm. Derek has a very uncomfortably specific line about um his veterinarian's hands touching his girlfriend. She doesn't make me sick to my stomach thinking about my veterinarian touching her with his hands. Gross. Which I lulled <laughs> and had to rewind because Gross. it was so uncomfortable. Um and then you had Callie after George asking her if she wants to go to the prom with him, just say very flatly for all of us. No, George, no. I don't want to go to prom with you. Beautiful. Speaking Truer of words this. right there. Yeah. I'm going to also throw in, just because like we haven't talked about Tessa Thompson at all, mm. when she's mm. dancing with the chief, her uncle, and she's like, "What? why are, why are you being so mean to my boyfriend? And uh, just in her beautiful Tessa Thompson acting, she's, so she's like, he loves me. I've been loved. Everyone deserves that at least once in their life. And I'm just like, it's, oh, you are breaking my fucking heart. She's great. Yeah. Yeah. Criminally underused. Well, and it's a great <laughs> moment for her to say to the chief where it's like, God, mm. was that Ellis for him? You know, yep, was, that was, Adele? Adele. was that Ellis? Is that is that your love for your niece, which is so palpable throughout this episode, you know? And yeah, it's like this great yeah. moment of the chief learning from all these young people in this episode, like all the way down to his, you know, 16 year old niece or whatever. Yeah. And I think that's like a really He's I think learning how to be a real boy. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> and like for me, I mean, Izzy's line, Izzy has so many good lines in this in this episode, but like mm. the the line when she quits at the very end to me is just like a it's oh. that sad moment that we talked about before of like both I feel like so like vindicated of like yeah, you're not a fucking surgeon. We all knew it and also like I didn't want to win this way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Um and I think that one is so beautiful. So that was that was mine. Um, that's such a good one. Oh, it's so good, yeah. Megan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great call. Um, all right. I know. We got to wrap it up because half. it is so late where Megan is. But that's our that's our show. Uh, we are done with season two. Our next episode will be the first episode of season three. We are so excited. Yes. So excited to embark on that journey. Um, thanks so much for listening. As always, you can find us on iTunes. Subscribe. Give us a five-star review. Only five stars. Yep, only five stars. Leave us a nice comment. We would love any of those. Yeah, um, any, any, any. And you can also find us on Stitcher. Stitcher, Podbean, our wonderful host, um, and Acast, as well as just really anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can find us on social media, on Twitter, at code underscore grays underscore. We've got a Facebook page for whatever reason. And then you can always email us um, at, no, I'm sorry, not Twitter. You can email (laughs) us, codegrays at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening, and we will be with you next week. We did it. We did it. How are you doing, Megan? We did it. We did it.